Welcome to the Renewal Session, where mother and daughter therapists talk about reclaiming your purpose, redefining your relationships, and renewing your mind by combining therapy and faith. These two women of different ages, different perspectives, and different opinions tackle the how-to of transformation and share the behind the scenes on others who have done the same. Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of the Renewal Session. This is Marianne, and I've got Katie with me. Hey. Okay, so Katie, what is what is the weather there? It's like um, to, here. Yeah, today I think in Memphis the heat index was like a hundred and seven. Seriously. Yeah. Do you, yep. mess with, uh, do you even mess with curling your hair when it's like that? No, there's no point, and the humidity is just out of this world. So. Yeah. There's just no point. And and you can't even wear a skirt because you'd end up with chub rub. Right. Yep. <laughs> I should probably edit that out. No, I think people can relate to that. <laughs> and if they don't know what chub rub is, they've added a new thing to their vocabulary. It's a exactly. very helpful term. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So today I thought uh, we could talk about, um, are you needy? Are you codependent? Or do you just have bad boundaries? Ooh. Do you actually know the difference? Or do you feel like they're all one in the same? Um. Well, I did think they were all one and the same until, well, I guess I knew bad boundaries was kind of not one and the same, but I think I thought needy and clingy and codependent all kind of meant the same thing. So, um, I'll be interested to talk about it. Okay. So, so needy and you did it just on your own needy and clingy, you stick them the same way. Right. But yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a funny thing. We were on book club the other night. And I was talking about strong women and how yeah. one, of the, one of the downfalls of being a strong woman is often you don't want to make yourself look needy or weak. So we kind of yeah. use that word um, in a lot of different ways. But I think when we say it about strong women, at least when I say it about strong women, what I mean is that I don't want to like admit that I have the need for comfort. Like, Oh yeah. Right. Like I don't want to be needy. So that means I don't want to ask for you to comfort me. I don't want you to like, um, have to talk about my emotions and have a negative opinion of me because I'm emotional. Right. Like the fear of admitting that we all have a threshold. Yes. And so, and, and, and asking somebody, you know, Hey, can you fill in the gap for me? Right. Because I, I'm at capacity. Now I can do that mm-hmm. pretty well when it comes to like, Hey, I need help with the laundry or, Hey, could you go run do this for me? But right. when it comes to I'm struggling emotionally. Can you help me? That's a little more difficult for me. Yeah. Is totally. It for you. Yeah. I think I feel like an automatic sense of inadequacy when that happens. Yeah. So you know, where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I've run out of fuel therefore I'm not enough to complete whatever the task is. You know, I think that's a hard feeling. Right. And so, so I feel like for me that it, it expresses some kind of weakness. So I work to avoid it, but in reality, that's like how I function as an adult. So I went online and I was like, okay, what does it mean to be needy in relationships? Let's just see what Google has to offer. Right. 
Right. I ran across this article and it doesn't even tell you who, who actually wrote the article, but it's called when you're being clingy with a friend. And I was oh. like, Oh, I want to know what that is. And then I read this and I was like, mm, I suffered from this real bad when I was younger. <laughs> How super clingy, according to this article. So here's what oh my it gosh. It said being clingy means that overall you have a habit of calling your friends too frequently, wanting to hang out all the time, being jealous if they spend time with others, or being insecure and in need of emotional reassurance constantly. Wow. And then it goes on second paragraph. Ooh. Clingy behavior makes it impossible to have a true friendship. That's because one person is not respecting the boundaries of other, uh, of the other person. And it puts a strain on the relationship. And I was like, this is interesting. Cause when I was like, okay, we should talk about needy codependent and bad boundaries. As time went on, I was like, well, is there really any nuanced difference in this? Yeah. Right. Like, is it, are these all the same? And, and right. so as I began to look at this, then I was like, okay, well, what is codependency, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if we're needy and that's just like, I, I, I need constant reassurance. Is that the same as codependency or is like, how do those two interact? Right. So right. Yeah. When you think of just out of curiosity, when you think of codependency, what do you think of? I think my definition was kind of wrong when I first, you mentioned this idea and I looked and I was like, oh, that's like when two people like really need each other in order to function. But then I think, I think that's not the right definition. <laughs> All this time I thought it was like, oh, two people just like really needing each other. Like they can't function without each other. But then I was looking more into it and that's not what it is. So what did you discover it was? So what it looked like it was, was when a person is needing their partner to validate or to need them. So like, I think when you were talking about needy, it sounded like the person that's needy is like needing a void filled within themselves of like attention or whatever. But then I don't know, I get, they're kind of fuzzy to me, but I think that the codependency was like the person that's codependent is needing to fill a space in someone's life and be validated by that. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, the term I would use is enmeshed identities. Yeah. Meaning Ooh, that's good. Right. Like there's a yeah. heart and enmeshment is, I don't know where I start and where, where you end. Like we're so involved with each other that we feel like one, but in an unhealthy way. And I think there's like an intensity to codependency. Mm-hmm that is ongoing, right? Like, yeah, I think a needy friend or a needy boyfriend or girlfriend can move into codependency if the relationship's maintained, right? Oh, yeah. But, but also there's, there's like these little nuanced um, attributes that can go. So with codependency, you have this like roller coaster of intense up and down. There's a cycle yeah. of behavior, that it has mm. a big range. And usually the person at some point or another assumes the role of like victim, 
victimizer or the other, or they feel like they have to be rescued all the time. They keep support systems kind of um, limited because Mm. they, they don't want that person to reach out too far. Right. So, right. Like if some, if you're going to need somebody need me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's an absence of like freedom of choice of of like individuality. It's difficult for both or one in particular person in that relationship to experience like growth. Yeah. Both people can suffer from an unstable self-esteem, right? Because Mm. time goes on, like interdependence is supposed to create two very strong individuals in a relationship, encouraging each other to, to meet their needs and outside of just each other, right? And build, right. A, build a support system, stabilize your own sense of identity, um, right. value the differences of your partner. Codependence, they're threatened by the differences in the partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, why are you talking to that person about that instead of coming to me first? Exactly. Or even, even like there's a, like an interdependence, I think, which is what we all really want. Right. Cause that's the healthy thing, which is, I don't need you to complete me, but my life is better because I'm in relationship with you. Right. Right. But I think in like a codependent relationship, there's like uh, it's like my it's like my self-esteem is built because you are in my life exactly exactly yeah and which can be so like which can be so much pressure on the other like of the other partner if they're not like if they don't have a tendency towards like codependency that can be a lot of pressure to like complete your partner's self-esteem if that makes sense Absolutely. And what ends up happening is you develop patterns of like dishonesty, right? Yeah. And and all of a sudden it's actually like, you know, if I think, let's just say we were codependent on each other, right? That Mm -hmm. if, but I don't want to be like, I'm the healthier of the two of us, but I think, well, I just picked this (laughs) healthier one you can be the healthier one whatever whatever it's fine example (laughs) whatever just hurting my self-esteem over here Jeez. well we're not enmeshed so you'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) but anyway what I was going to say is that if I perceive that I am in some way responsible for your own sense of self-worth right and I have a negative feeling towards you in some way I might I might get in the pattern of not confronting you, not being honest, withholding information because I know what it'll do to you, you know? And, and so it limits the ability to be honest in the relationship. Yeah. Yep. Right. And totally. So, it's like a muzzle. Yeah. But you know, I was like thinking about this back in the day when I was the clingy friend, I also felt like I was being lied to a lot. Mm. Right. And I think I actually probably was being lied to a lot because people were like, I don't want to deal with her because if you tell me the truth and the truth hurts, right. Because the truth might be, listen, you're driving me crazy. Like I'm calling, I'm I'm like sick of you. I'm like avoiding you. And if I was told that, 
that that could potentially blow up and be a bigger problem. So I'm just right. not going to address it, right? And so I think in these codependent relationships, you're mm-hmm. like compromising your character and integrity to keep this, to just try to keep stability because you know that the minute you start to express your individuality, you're compromising the relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's some emotion, there's some emotional consequence. Right. Right. Yeah. And so have you ever, have you been a clingy friend? Do you feel, I don't feel like you're clingy. No, I don't. I don't. I feel like I'm actually, I tend towards like being not clingy at all. Like I tend to only have I feel like I just, I keep my relationships in like certain settings, if that makes sense. So I'm like a, I'm like a really good work friend, but then I go home and I'm like just by myself. And I love that, you know, like I'm extroverted. You've always, like I'm extroverted in the settings where I know there's like a, there's like an end goal. Like I just got to get till 430. And then once I'm home, I'm like totally just like by myself, which I love. You know, I have certain people I keep up with, but for the most part, you, yeah, brothers like that too, because like, I can remember you guys would go to school all year and then you would come or all day and then you would come home and it would be after school. And I'd be like, do you want to hang out with your friends? You're like, no, I'm good. Like you got your fill of them. And I was like, but right. so is hanging out with their friends. And so don't you want to have somebody over? Like we can, you know, we could do something, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, no, I'm good. And then yeah. summer, summer came. And, and I have no friends. And you didn't want to hang out with anybody except when you went to camp. Oh, I loved summer camp. Right. Yeah. So summer camp, again, you re-engaged and then you pulled back. And your oh, brother yeah, it was perfect. the exact same thing. Yeah, I've just always been like that, though. So what happens if you get a clingy friend? I have a very hard time. You do? It's not. It's not impossible, but... I've had a couple of people that have been interested in being my friend that were kind of tending to demand a little bit more attention than I was used to. And they didn't stay interested in me because I didn't pay attention to them. Like they were wanting to, (laughs) I feel bad saying that, but I'm just like, I'm not a texter. Like I'm not a, you know, I'm not a person that really keeps my phone on me all the time or wants to like go get ice cream. Like I'm just kind of like, once I'm home, I'm in my pajamas. Like if you're going to come hang out with me, you're going to have to come to me. And even then don't talk to me because I'm watching my show. Oh my God. (laughs) Which is so funny because that is completely you. And yet you are social and that's the thing, right? Both you and your brother have yeah. this tendency towards situational relationships and those situational yeah. relationships. And this is kind of going into that bad boundaries or unhealthy, healthy boundaries, situational right. relationships just naturally create boundaries. Cause you're only with those people in that situation. Right. Yeah. And, and typically I, like if I do have, so like if my work, if my coworkers are like, Oh, we're all going to go out and get dinner. I'm like, Oh, this is fun. It's like, we're, we're doing something outside of the hours, you know, but like when I was growing up or whatever, it was like, I was with those school kids all day, every day. And I was after school stuff like girl scouts. And then they all went to the same church as me. So it was like, I saw them all the time, you know, right. but like coworkers, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Cause you get to know things about a person outside of work. You know, I don't know. It's just fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you clearly don't have issues with being clingy and you 
clearly set some personal boundaries. What do you feel like you see that other people do that are unhealthy boundaries? Like, can you, um, can you spot when somebody has a bad boundary? I think I always can spot when someone overcommits themselves, like bad personal boundaries about their like personal time. I see that a lot where people are like, oh, I'm so stressed and I've got so much going on in my life and I'm going to go help a friend move and I'm going to go do dinner with this person I barely know, like, and, and kind of overextend themselves. And I always think that it's such an important thing to prioritize self-care because being by yourself allows for you to like really think about life and, you know, recharge and stuff. So I think I can spot really easily when people have bad boundaries around self-care, but I think also kind of leaving the door open and not setting boundaries about communication expectations is a big one. Yeah. Well, and I think about like, and this just goes back to that interdependence codependency thing is sometimes you almost have to like ask somebody, well, what's healthy boundaries in order to determine whether or not right. you are unhealthy. Right. And right. I, so, cause what you're talking about is that these people who overextend themselves, they right. don't necessarily have good personal boundaries. Yeah. Right? So like a personal boundary would be, um, something like, defining where your responsibility begins and where it ends. Mm -hmm. Like, right. okay, I need to clarify, like, this isn't my role. So I'll give you an example for you, right? This is, <laughs> are you going to be like, uh, I don't want to hear this one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You can expose <laughs> me. That's fine. So, so you, you know, clearly you're adulting, right? right. And with adulting comes, um, you know, whole, a lot of extra decisions that you haven't had to make right ever yeah exactly and and so I, i'm a loving mom right sure yeah are you, are you kidding <laughs> me no you are you are you are you are anyway so i'm a drop you know drop what i'm doing and help help my kids mom whether you absolutely it or not that's what I'm you doing. are you are absolutely but i've had to learn where does my responsibility begin and where does it end? And that doesn't mm -hmm. always feel good to you or your brother or your father. Right. So right. like when you decided to become an adult and then you decided I'm going to move um, eight hours away from my family, there became like, you were striving for independence. You wanted that autonomy, but right. there was still like, Hey, are you going to pay my, um, my cell phone bill? Hey, are you going to take care of my car insurance? Right? Like all of those pieces. And it's hard, right. hard to hold the boundary to be like, well, actually you made a decision to do these things and now you're going to pay your cell phone bill and you're going to pay your car insurance. Right. That right. Can feel like to you a punishment. Right. Right. Like, oh, okay. And you're probably sitting there thinking right now, mom, is this your way of telling me I have to start paying for my car insurance myself? <laughs> is that what you're thinking? I no. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, dang, how much is that? <laughs> I don't even know. 
<laughs> don't worry it's not it's not a terrible amount <laughs> okay great Thanks. <laughs> no worries and and I will warn you far in advance when that becomes your problem to handle <laughs> perfect right now you're you're still on our health insurance or car insurance and whatnot but my point being is that a lot of times the reason people compromise their boundaries is because the the person they would assert the boundary with will feel like you're being mean yeah Right. And they're like, why are you being mean? Why are you making this into a big deal? Like, get over it. It's not that big of a deal. And you're like, well, actually, it is a big deal because I don't want to do it. Right. But that's so hard to assert that boundary and say, okay, it's time to take responsibility for your life. And these are the things that you are now responsible for because it makes you feel like a bad person. It makes it like, especially if they, they interpret it as, oh, you're being mean to me because you're making me responsible for these things. It can be really hard to stick that conviction because it feels like, oh, I'm being mean to them or, oh, I'm a bad person for sticking up for my own personal boundaries. Exactly. And sometimes what happens is that people will come like a group like a group project sorry like I just got triggered I just got triggered in college I was always the person that would just like we would split everything up and I would say okay you're in charge of this section you're in charge of this section and I usually was the group leader and then it would be like four days due before the project and the person there's always like one slacker in the group and I would just end up I would just end up doing their whole part of the project because their inability or, or like refusing to do their part of the project would impact everybody in the group. And so I'm just going to put myself in a position where I'm not worried about my grades. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I think that's another reason why people don't hold personal boundaries because they think that there's more pain in being disappointed than by repeatedly just doing the work for the person and like not holding that boundary if that makes sense yeah and can we just for a second take a poll like I know our answer but we should definitely have people like post this on our Instagram so yeah I I don't know anybody who likes group projects why do I I don't either no I I think it's like to I think it's like to maybe the slacker likes it Maybe the but I also think there's like some weird belief that if they do group projects, it will teach you how to collaborate with coworkers in the future. Like that's always my, what my professors would say. But I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know. Do you feel like they're, you they're horrible? Better? Do you think you collaborate better today because of a group project? No, <laughs> but I sure did make sure that my name was always first on the PowerPoint. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if I'm gonna pull the load, I'm gonna be the first name on there and the biggest are, font. Are you also that person that goes and narks on the slacker? No. So you just pick not up until like junior year. You don't out them, huh? So you'll pick up the weight for another person and compromise your personal boundary, but you won't tell on them. I did eventually. There was one person who was just repeatedly horrible anytime we did a group project in my undergrad. And I eventually did tell my professor, but it took a while. 
and a lot of courage. <laughs> well, and, and granted, we're talking about group projects, but if you, if you like slide that over into personal relationships, yeah, so particularly in counseling, usually people don't come to counseling to be proactive. It's usually because there's already a problem. And one yeah. of the things that you hear is the laundry lists in which somebody has compromised a personal boundary or had one, you know, blown apart by their partner, um, yeah. stuffed it and stuffed it and stuffed it until they can't do it anymore. And, yeah. and they blow, right? But that's kind yeah. of what you did. You compromised a personal boundary. Yeah. And then you eventually got sick of doing it and you narked on the person. Right. Versus just holding the boundary. Right. Right. Yeah. Which I think is scary and takes a lot of courage. Oh, and if sure. you don't, if you don't feel like it's, well, I think the other thing too, is that I think a lot of people believe that they don't deserve to have boundaries. Mm. Like, I, like that's a stupid boundary to have. I don't know why I have that boundary. I'm just going to let it slide. Yeah. You or know, I think that that's been telling you that. Yeah. Like just do it. I don't know what the big deal is. Just do it. Right. And, yeah. and, the, and the thing of it is, is that if you get in the pattern of just doing it, then I think it slides into clingy, needy, codependent, right? Yeah. Now I'm like, Hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z, because I know you will. Right. Right. When you don't really want to, it's just, that's what the pattern has gotten into. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, so of course we can both say that unhealthy boundaries are things like, you know, letting everybody know your business or expecting everybody else to tell you information that maybe is more private, Mm -hmm. letting another person tell you how you're going to live your life versus you having autonomy and making those decisions, um, accepting things you don't want. It can be another one, right? This, (laughs) this happened with your, with, um, with your father, Mm -hmm. stupid example. Okay. A stupid example. I don't even know if it's a boundary example, but I'll just give the example. Okay. So back in the day when, when his parents were alive, uh, they offered us a king size mattress. Mm. It had been, it was like 10 or 15 years old. This mattress was, and we, we legitimately are abundant people. So, you know, we, we needed a bigger bed than what we were living on and abundant. We're a little on the fuller side. Oh my gosh, you called yourselves abundant. That's a thing. That's a thing. Anyway, that is not a thing. Okay, bottom line is I needed a cat. Okay. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I needed a mattress, but I'm like, I don't, I know your father. He has, he has had me buy mattresses off of like, for like $200. So last mattress before we got our Tempur-Pedic, he had me go to this warehouse in a rainstorm and this small person, which I'm small, but this was a smaller than me person. Okay. A small person like literally climbed the mattresses to get me the other mattress. And this person could not help me get it in a truck. And I'm like, how, how are two short people really short in, in their case, get this mattress on this. It was a nightmare. And then it started raining. It was like, uh, anyway, 
That's not the mattress. Well, isn't that also, isn't that also the mattress that you had to put like beach towels under it to like. (laughs) To fill in the hole. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it like, cause it like sank. (laughs) (laughs) Like the the springs. Man, I'm just outing you. And then when we moved to this house, I was like, we are getting a new mattress. And he was like. Well, I just remember, this is so funny because I feel like people on this podcast are really just getting to know us, but. I just remember there was one time we were going to go on vacation or something and you're like, we got to get the beach towels, Neil. And he goes and like lifts the mattress because they were filling in the hole. You're like, we got to get all of the beach towels because we're going to the beach. And then we lifted the mattress. Oh my gosh. God has blessed us since that day. <laughs> oh my God. And let me tell you, when they pulled them out because they hadn't been used like our other towels, they were actually very nice towels. Yeah, they were. They have been preserved under the mattress. Where is that <laughs> towel? Hold on. Let me lift up the bed. Right. Okay, but that's oh not my this mattress story. This is another mattress story. Okay. Yeah, okay. So we're we're on your you're on a good mattress and now. I swear though. I'm gonna loop this back to the boundaries thing, okay? Yeah. But so so anyway, Papa goes to to uh, see his parents and help them clean out their house because they're gonna move into a smaller home. And I said, under no circumstances are you to come back with that mattress. Because I knew once we got that mattress, there's no getting a real mattress. I'm going to have right. a 15 year, 20 year old mattress in my house. There's, it's not good. Okay. Well, he went with um, his brother and when he went with his brother, his brother was bringing back um, an upright piano that they had. So they put, I, I'm trying to think how they, I guess they borrowed somebody's truck, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, your father comes rolling back into town with the piano and he's like, uh, I, And, you know, they were trying to preserve the piano, make sure it didn't get scratched up in the drive and everything. So he pulls up with the piano wrapped in the king size mattress. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. I am not kidding you. (laughs) What the heck? And his answer to me was, well, we, we had to put something to protect the piano and the mattress was there. And so I just figured, you know, if you really didn't want the mattress, I would throw it away. But just try it. Just try it. Come on. And or anything. So what a sneaky who... guy. Exactly. But that's a, what that's a sneaky guy. <laughs> He's going to make you sleep on a 30-year-old mattress. I love that as the story progresses, that mattress gets older and older. Literally, I was going to say that. This is an 85-year-old mattress. Ninety-year-old mattress. <laughs> it's got it's hay in it. Springs and straw. <laughs> right. It's burlap. <laughs> no, but but you know what? It, he took that thing in the house and he laid it on the floor and he said, "Just try it. Just try it. Come on, you're gonna like it. Just try it." What happens is, I I found myself sleeping on that mattress for like five years until Seriously? I got. I, no, until we got the one that we had to fill with the beach towels. Oh, yeah. You upgraded for sure. I upgraded to the beach towel bed. Oh, my gosh. Right? So so my point is, and this is a very loosey-goosey story, but my point is it's sometimes boundary violations and not feeling heard is not some massive traumatic thing. 
Right. It, it can be just in these little moments. And that's a funny story. But honestly, at the time, it was not funny. I right. was kicked off because not because he wasn't trying to do something nice. He was trying right. to do something nice. Okay. Yeah. But, he was going to bring a new to you mattress home. <laughs> it was a new to you mattress and he just wanted you to have nice things oh bless him neil he's got such a good heart <laughs> yes, to me. He's, to me. he's 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 so funny but my point being exactly is that he was not doing it to be a bad guy he was right. doing it because he knew i wanted a bigger bed he knew that, you know, this was an option. We didn't have a lot of money at the time. He had great rationales for why that was a good choice. Right. But what happened for me was I mm. felt not heard. Right. Right. So yeah. even though we got the mattress, even though we used it and it, and it was great and we've never downsized, we've, we've, well, okay. We've got a crappy mattress next, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? We've never gone back to a queen. I, I look at it now and I think that was just an example of like something we had to really work on, which is, yeah. you know, his kindness did not equal me feeling heard. Right. It was mm-hmm. like, and, and if I told the story to anybody at the time and said, I'm so mad that he brought me a king mattress. Right. It sounds like I'm a jerk. Yeah. When really the issue wasn't that he brought me a king mattress. That's the funny part of the story. The issue was that we were not listening to each other well. Right. And, and we had to figure out how to respect the boundaries while still hearing the heart of the person. Right. Right. And so now I, you know, he's definitely better. I have a Tempur-Pedic mattress and it's great. And you know, all's well in the universe. And those right. stories make for really funny things now. Right. Right. But that's yeah. really, really worked on holding boundaries. And so yeah. now if I want something new that he does not feel we need, then usually what we'll do is we'll compromise on how we get it. Or right. we'll set we'll we'll respect the boundaries but compromise. Right. Words, I'm not just going to go run out and get something without talking right. to him. Right. So anyway, I know we kind of got off subject a little bit, but you know, we can't help but get through a, st- a show and out your father. Yeah. Yep. It seems to be a running, a running theme. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he is like legitimately a great guy, but, but also a mess. Like- <laughs> He's just a mess and he's our, he's our mess, but we love him. Oh my gosh. He's fabulous. He's so handy. He's like, yeah, he's fabulous. But the thing of it is, is that we've got some funny stories because him and I are so different. Right. And that's what I love about us, but that's also what makes for great storytelling. Right. So I, I, I just want us to, I'm going to, because we're talking about this, I'm going to start to pay attention to are there ways in which I'm too enmeshed with somebody and I need mm-hmm. to step back and allow their individuality to flourish and I don't need them. Why are you shaking your head? I'm just agreeing that that's a good reflection you should have. <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited for whoever that person is that you let 
express their individuality. That's all I'm saying. Too, because, you know, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going, as I make them pay their car insurance. (laughs) 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 Okay, never mind. I don't want to be independent. (laughs) It's fine. I'll be Marianne too. That's fine. (laughs) Just dress me up and dress me up in navy and monograms and it'll be great. Yeah. But what I will say is by me paying attention (laughs) to, you know, boundary by, by like, okay, where I start and where you are, where I end and where you begin, or I think about like, I really want, what's my end game. I really want you to be a successful, autonomous, capable woman. And Mm -hmm. because of that, even if it feels painful, I'm going to hold certain boundaries because I know in the end game, you're going to benefit from that, right? And so there's yeah. a little bit of a, like a tug and pull there because, because we want sometimes to not make the other person suffer, we'll compromise our own boundaries. So like, right. well, I feel bad for them. Okay, right. You can feel bad for them and still hold your boundary. I wish you guys could see her. She's making this mm, look like, oh, I don't want to hear that. But that's the truth. I can be like, yeah, that sucks for you. I'm so sorry that's happening. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to do that this week. Are you going to do that this week? Are you going to think about being I do think I do think that there are I do think that there are relationships in my life where I have a tendency to not be great at holding boundaries but I think it's because I have I'm like the person that falls into the category of like oh I feel bad like I'm a bad person for holding a personal boundary and so I do think figuring out like what is a boundary that's like a non-negotiable for me yes and what is just a preference and like, are my preferences like compromisable? Like, can I compromise on those preferences and still be happy? If that yeah, makes sense. That's good. That's like, you know, good. so I think that that's kind of where I need clarity on my own boundaries. It's like, what, what are things that are absolutely like, no one can do that to me or expect that of me versus what are things that I'm just like mildly annoyed by that I like make into this huge deal that like actually probably aren't that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, you know? Yeah, sure. And so I need to probably do some self-evaluation of like, okay, are there areas where we can be more flexible and are there areas where we don't need to be flexible? And that's just, people have to accept that that's your boundary. Well, and I think the key, the key is really to like, what's the end game? Right. Right. When I, when I think about the end game it in the relationship, that does dictate what's negotiable and not negotiable for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I go, okay, well, the end game is, well, and I'll just use your brother because I pick on you and your father enough. But, you know, if I, if I want Jack to be, you know, to grow up and to manage his money well, and to be successful as successful as he can, you know, or wants to be right. healthy, um, to have healthy relationships and everything. Right. Guess what right. I'm not going to let him do when he gets his summer job. And I'm talking about when he's younger, I'm not talking about he's 20. He can do what he wants with his money now, even though I might over 
like over encouraged. But, you know, if he's 16 years old and he gets a paycheck for $200 and the next day he wants to run out and buy himself seven new video games, mm -hmm. he may still go do that because it's his money. But we are going to be having a conversation about budgets. Right. Right. We're going to have a conversation. Yeah. Like I always say, listen, I'm trying to raise you so your wife doesn't come back and get pissed at me for not teaching right. you things. Right. So you yeah. need to know how to change her oil, change her tires, mow her yard, do her laundry, finish the dishes, make dinner. Without having to be told. Without having to be told. Yep. Exactly. Totally. Now he's human. He's not going to do that. I do his laundry. It's not like the kid's been like sitting in dirty clothes. You know, I help him or whatever, yeah. but I do it because I want to teach him a willing spirit to compromise with his spouse or serve his spouse one day. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, anyway, we can have that whole conversation another time, but yeah, we should come back next week and talk about what we discovered about our own boundaries, bad boundaries, good boundaries, and like do a little follow-up since we're going to like reflect on ourselves. You want to do that? Yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah. So you, I'm going to give you some to a topic choice for next week. I just want to get your um, thing on this. We could talk about 10 forms of twisted thinking. Okay. We could talk about ten, um, we could talk about cognitive distortions and automatic Ooh. thoughts. What do you think? Yeah. Mm. I really like talking about cognitive distortions. Let's do it. I really like that. And I also have you ever looked into like fallacies, like logical fallacies? No, but I'm all in. I mean, I, I heard somebody talking about that. I heard some, I don't remember if it was like a psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever, but they were talking about fallacies of like things that we believe are true that actually negate themselves. Like in, in, I don't know. I just thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk about. So I might yeah. bring that up. I don't know. Okay. Well, you let me know you're in charge of what we do next week. Okay. Well, here's my, this is what we're doing. We're doing cognitive distortions there. I did my job. Okay. I meant like, maybe you could prepare where we're going to go with that but you know it's cool oh yeah totally. <laughs> it's cool just no I can do that that's fine I my brain didn't go there but yeah I can do that when you're in charge it means all in charge great so you'll hear from me 20 minutes before we record oh that'll all be great right. all right love you Sounds good all, all right love well, you bye guys go help your grandmother clean she's stressed yeah she's really stressed we've got a family member we've got a family reunion coming up here and uh, good old granny is a little stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Go get her, girl. Go get her. All right. Well. Love you. Okay. Love you. Love bye. you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Renewal Session Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, we want to hear from you. Head on over to our Instagram at The Renewal Session or our blog at RenewalSession.com and comment on your favorite part. New episodes are dropping each Thursday and we can't wait for you to tune in next time.